Welcome to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com. Hi guys, and welcome to this week's episode of Kickback with Chris, the martial arts podcast. Um, bit of a bit of a special one this week. I've been I've been planning this one for a while now, and after the success of the uh, Jackie Chan special episode, uh, that was wow, way back. I say last year because I know it was last year for sure. It was probably about six months ago. Uh, but one of our more popular episodes, and um, what I wanted to do was to to do something on a similar format uh, on the basis that. Uh, listeners uh, and friends of in within the industry send in audio clips um, explaining their favorite martial arts actor and or fight scene and you guys have certainly come up with the goods uh, so what we're going to do this week oh, oh on a separate issue as well uh, obviously last week's episode was was pretty short I was absolutely flat out with loads of different stuff so I'm going to make up for it this week uh, it's going to be a much longer episode and then you might have to split it into two or three goes but you know I wanted to make up for the for the slightly uh, shorter episode last time around so we are going to be doing our uh, I say weekly nearly weekly match chat as well a good one this week. Um, Matt was actually away in Spain at the time when we recorded, and it's one of those fun ones where as we start on a topic and it, it sort of very slowly meanders off into a completely random uh, other subject. So, uh, yeah, listen out for that one coming up later on. So um, what I'm also going to do, because I've neglected this a little bit, neglected it just a little bit over the last, uh, well, I'm going to say a few weeks. It's probably more than a few weeks, but uh, I'm going to go through a couple of really quickly. It's just a quick overview of a couple of the posts in the um, event promotion group. So uh, the first one is from uh, Steen Erickson, who has just really quickly posted to say, um, and this is on behalf of the judonewsdebate.com. Um, they're looking for uh, applications, so people that are running sort of adaptive judo competitions and events. They just posted really quickly on there to say, uh, please assist the JN and D calendar in publishing more adaptive judo events by emailing uh, events and info directly to calendar at judonewsdebate.com. So if you know of anything or you can help, get in touch with those guys there. I'm sure they'd be happy to hear from you. And the next one is from longtime friend of the show and in real life, uh, Mr. Gordon Bircham. Uh, it was just posted on here to say that on June the 30th in Rugby, Warwickshire, um, they're running the G-Force Open. So there's all the categories you'd expect, points like continuous cataforms, traditional kumite, all that sort of thing. Um, if you look up the G-Force Open International Tournament on Facebook, all the details are on there. Um, and the last one is from Claire, who has just popped on to say, um, well, basically tell everybody about the Southwest Martial Arts and Wellbeing Show um, that I'm going to be at I'm going to be teaching there, you know, doing interviews, all that sort of stuff. Um, I'll be, uh, obviously I'll be there to promote my work on the movie Tribal, as well as Arafithian. And I think Thomas Dodd's going to be there as well. I'm not sure entirely. Uh, Mark Strange is going to be there as well, um, star of Redcon 1 and the upcoming Ip Man 4. Uh, and there's going to be loads of other people there. I believe Lee Charles is there as well, who's just been working on the Scott Atkins movie Avengement. So, uh, yes, uh, great event. Lots of people are going to be around, workshops, things to do, all the usual stuff you see at these expos. It's the first one, 
the first one that's going to be happening in the southwest, I believe. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, so do please get on board and support if you can. Go along to www.southwestmartialartshow.co.uk and get your tickets there. Uh, very, very reasonably priced at uh, 20 quid for the adults and 15 for kids. Or a family family ticket for 60, which is two adults and two children. Uh, massive, massive list of people that are going to be teaching. Um, so go along there and check it out. And if you go in, and if you go in and you've got one of my t-shirts, please do put it on because uh, I appreciate I appreciate the promotion. <laughs> but joking aside, you know, if I speak, if I see you, I can come and say hi. Um, or likewise, if you see me, come over, introduce yourselves, and uh, we can have a quick chat and get a photo and all that sort of stuff. So also, as some of you have probably have seen on my Facebook page uh, earlier this week. Uh, I put up a quick post with regards to, um, well, how do you say it? I suppose people that are a bit naughty and uh, are watching are watching films on streaming applications for phones and Android boxes, that sort of stuff. Um, um, specifically with regards to sort of lower budget and independent action films. Now, look, I'm going to be real, keep it real. Look, I think it's fair to say that we've all at some point, at some point, watched a knockoff film, you know, whether it was in the the, the old days with VHS um, and then, you know, uh, moving on to DVDs and stuff. You know, uh, we've, we've all, we've all done it. But this post that I was posting was, it was specific with regards to, as I say, the lower budget, independent movie scene, you know, action films. And, you know, the, the really frustrating thing of it is, and I'm not going to say who it is, but um, let's just say a prominent martial arts actor from the UK on their official page. Now, bearing in mind that this, this film that they were talking about hasn't even had its UK premiere yet, there's UK martial artists on there talking about, oh, yeah, it's, it's really good, you should watch it, and, oh, yeah, I've seen it, it's great. And then people are commenting underneath it. How have you seen it? And then they're like, oh, I watched it on XYZ. You know, I'm not going to say the apps for obvious reasons. You know, and then it's like, you know, you can't call yourselves fans and then actively promote on social media that you're stealing this guy's film. You know, do you understand what that's doing? You know, you might look at it as being, oh, well, you know, it's just me. You know, it's like the victimless crime thing and it's just me. How's that going to make any difference? Well, when, you know, a couple of hundred thousand people do that, it makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. You know, I've worked on films in the past where the budgets the budgets are tiny, so, so tiny. And, and these, you know, the, the people behind them are they're, they're relying on the sales in order to guarantee their, their next production being picked up. And, you know, it's really frustrating when you, you find... You know, either these streaming pages or these torrent sites, and these downloads have had thousands and thousands of downloads, and it's like, you know, wow, they count for absolutely nothing, and you know, you're stealing food from these people's tables, effectively, you know, and and then to actively talk about it on social media, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't go on social media and say, hey, I've stolen a car, how cool is that, you be the most idiotic thing to do but you know when you think about it this is you know in effect it's the same thing you know you're going on you're going on social media on you're going on the like page of the actor of the film that you're openly discussing that you've stolen you know why would you know just stop doing it guys you know if you like i said be realistic have we all at some i mean i had i had 
a uh, a copy of a a well-known um Hong Kong action film that at the time you just could not you just couldn't get it it was so hard to get i had a a vhs it was no it's a vcd copy that had been recorded onto a vhs really really bad really bad quality um, but that was the only way i could get it that was the only way i could get it to see it that's a little bit different to streaming a film that is going to be available in the UK in a matter of weeks. We're not even talking months, we're talking weeks. And then going on the page of the actor and, oh, it's just it's just nuts. Don't do it, guys, because, you know, if the film's not available, you just then encourage other people to go and find it or to ask you how, and then you tell them, and then it's, you know... And then ne- the next thing you know, you'll not be able to watch those films anymore because the people behind it, you know, won't be able to justify making it because it's not had the support that's needed. So, you know, stop stealing these films, guys. Anyway... Let's get on to the main subject of this week, which is um, your favourite martial arts actors and fight scenes and why. And we've had submissions coming in from, as always, across the country and across the world, which is really, really cool. Um, Thanks to everybody that took the time to do it. Uh, So let's get straight into the first one. You're listening to Kickback with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. On a holiday, yeah. Um, I would say that my favourite martial arts actor would probably be Scott Adkins, just simply for the Undisputed films, because I think they're amazing. Um, obviously, Jean-Claude Van Damme is a very, very close second. Um, I also like Jackie Chan. I'd say my favourite fight scene, though, would uh, be the whole of the final tournament in Best of the Best. Um, obviously, especially the um, the last two fights, obviously Tommy and Alex. Um, but yeah, and then the undisputed films. I just think the choreography is just dope. So I hope that answers the question, Chris. Everyone, go follow the podcast. Thank you to Connor for his submission. Um, just one thing I will quickly say before we go on to this one is uh, the the audio recordings have come in in multiple formats from, as I say, from all around the world. Some people have sent them on phones, on computers, on everything. So the sound quality is going to go up and down a little bit, but you just have to obviously take that into account when you're listening. It's the content that's important. But yeah, getting back to what Connor was saying. So yeah, um, the the Undisputed series, um, obviously with the choreography, because it was... It's uh, split into a number of different films, obviously. But I think for most people, they kind of go from Undisputed 2 onwards. That's not, not saying anything bad against the first one, but I think in, in most people's minds, they go from sort of 2 onwards. Um, so like Undisputed 2, I think it was J.J. Perry that was the fight choreographer on that one. Um, and then with 3, it was Love... Was it Love Varnell Stovall? I think it was. Um, and then with Undisputed... Boyk- no, yeah, no, it wasn't 4. It was Boyk Undisputed, wasn't it? And then that was Tim Mann. Um, and obviously all, all three are great movies and you know real real cool use of that sort of ramping of the the footage where the sort of uh, uh, fast action slow motion fast action on the hits and it looks it does it look super super cool and then obviously with Scott's trademark um, aerial acrobatic techniques that are just absolutely brilliant the, the Giver kick if you know the one I mean where he goes for the jump 360 and then pops a twist kick on the end, lands on his back and then does a kip up. Um, Aaron Gasser does a really good, uh, Ginger Ninja Tricks 3 does a really good version of that one as well. So uh, I'm getting off topic. But um, yeah, Tim Mann, I think, you know, um, out of all three of those, Tim Tim's really starting to 
bring the best out of, of Scott's action. Um, not that he wasn't doing great before, but you know he really seems to have found that sort of sweet spot in the in the choreography. And obviously he's gone to work with him. So he's worked on, obviously there's Boycott Undisputed, there was Accident Man, uh, Triple Threats, Eliminators and Abduction, um, which is really impressive for me, because my memory's horrific. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you go check out those as well, because obviously with, with uh, Tim being fight choreographer on those productions as well, you know, you've, you're seeing a very sort of similar style from Scott. Um, obviously with tweaks to suit the characters in, in question, but yeah, go check those out as well. But we have John claude Van Damme, obviously a legend. Um, if you've not seen him most recently, and it's got, it's got two names, it goes by Lucas and the Bouncer. Uh, go check that out because um, you know that I feel for performance-wise, that's right up there with the um, uh, named JCVD of the film. Um, you know, do go check that one out. I think John Claude's going to get mentioned a fair amount in this episode, so I'll I'll come back to him as well later on. Uh, but now, best of the best. Classic, absolute classic. You know that that came out when I was first training in in taekwondo, and we used to sort of we'd be doing that, we'd be doing sparring in, in class, and we'd be not reenacting the scenes, but we would be you know um, taking it in ter- turns at being the different characters from from the film, obviously with sort of Eric Roberts uh, and, and Simon and Philip Reed being the sort of the main protagonists in those games we would play. Um, you know, little silly little things like you know putting a hand over our eye for the eye patch and things like that. And but yeah, they bring really good back. They bring back really good memories of training as a kid and um, and, and you know the squad training sessions and you know um, having the soundtrack as well, uh, training to it and things. So yeah, great great memories. Really really good choice. And if you've not seen Best of the Best, um, you know, I it, it's one of those films. It's a little bit like you know. Um, kickboxer and karate kid and it's one of those ones that you've if you've not seen it you've got to go and see it it's probably on amazon on netflix or something and if it's not you'd be able to buy it on 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 amazon for probably next to nothing now so yeah do go check it out i've still got my original vhs copy of that one so so yeah good choice all right let's let's get straight into our next hi chris jp uh in answer to your question uh i'm torn between three movies and three stars uh, the first would be um, definitely Double Impact, Final Fight scene, Van Damme, Bolo Young. For the use of slow motion effects, I think up until 91, they were never as good as they were in that movie. Uh, also, the sound effects are fantastic. Uh, second choice, uh, Mark Dukaskas, Drive, uh, with the Koichi Sakamoto stunt team. Uh finale fight and the fight in the garage absolutely love that just because the way it was shot and Mark Dukaskis is absolutely fantastic in it um, and my third choice definitely on the fence but another pioneering non-special effects driven would be Tony Jaw on back and when I saw that uh, I didn't I've never thought I'd see anything like it to be honest he is outstanding um, absolutely brilliant Um I'd like to mention a few others as well, probably the Undisputed franchise, albeit I like the Casey Bowman character in the Ninja movies better than I like Boyka because he's more more a real guy. Um, and I, I like that sort of fantasy get away with the Ninja stuff as well. Anyway, hope that helps. See you soon. Thank you, JP. Thanks for that. Lots to lots to go through there. Um, so yeah, JP's a um, 
you know, uh, well-respected and accomplished uh, stunt guy and uh, somebody whose videos I've seen quite a bit on, over the years on social media on YouTube and things and uh, this guy can kick he can move so uh, it's, it's interesting that you know, based on based on his uh, abilities the people he's chosen as well I can see the influences there so uh, starting with the double impact fight now this is really testing my memory because this one's this one's going back a long, long time, and from what I remember, obviously you're talking about the um, the bolo scene, the slow motion scene. But I remember leading up to that, just before that fight, there's like a really cool sort of almost black and white silhouette scene with a fighter who's I'm trying to remember who it is. Oh my goodness me! I remember he's wearing cowboy boots. And um, they're doing lots of sort of spinning kicks and things, and um, and then all of a sudden it switches to color for the like the the reaction, the hit reveal when he when he punches he he punches it's like a sandbag or something if I remember because the sand the grain maybe it's grain or something rice or something falls out, um, and and then uh, uh, obviously then we cut to the 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 bolo scene which I remember it's a, it's a it's a one of those really memorable ones it's uh, like, like you say you're talking about the, the slow motion elements in there and also I remember it being a little bit sort of like like a sort of ninja karate Donkey Kong because he's picking up the barrels and throwing them around a lot and uh, and also there's the the really cool bolo thing the sort of obviously it's not sign language but he's sort of pointing like and gesturing with like the snapping with his hands and the the the, the finger wave if I remember like this to say no and stuff like that um and then obviously the fight itself is i remember there's lots of there's the trademark um sort of helicopter kick and the jump roundhouse kicks and he does several of them in a row sort of come spoilers guys sort of culminating with bolo flying back onto the uh, electricity panel which is sort of like a staple of the late 80s to mid 90s action films there was always that open electricity panel for for the bad guys to fall on um a bit of an health and safety issue there but no yeah, great, great memories for that one a good a good scene and a good choice um drive an absolute classic i must have I must have gone on about this one. I don't know how many times on the, on the 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 podcast over the years, but um, quite seems weird being able to say over the years. But yeah, um, an absolute classic film. I remember this was one that uh, somebody pointed me towards to get a um, an, an American release of the VHS. It came in like a, a a cardboard sleeve rather than the plastic case, and um, yeah, absolute brilliant film. Absolute brilliant. Film. I remember being utterly mesmerized by it and obviously you've picked out the the garage fight with the um like a, electricity um a screamer sticks a really cool idea with that one and then the, obviously the uh, there's the comedy element between and i'm trying to remember the name of the guy hedgehog and i can't remember the other guy oh what's his name and he he, he has some really classic lines you know you could um eat flour and poop cupcakes but obviously he uses other words and, and well if it isn't my favourite cheese eating um, thingy monkey we'll say absolute classic lines um, and um, yeah that, that scene in particular the the, the the garage scene with the like an electric um, I don't know what you're going to say they're not tasers are they but they're like electricity sticks and it sort of culminates in that really awesome sort of uh, Wing Chun-esque sort of trapping uh, I'm, I'm sat at my desk now, sort of reenacting it as I'm talking, uh, sort of trapping and um, uh, striking, or oh, Bruce Lee esque almost. 
um, right at the very end of that scene, which is absolutely awesome. I remember the sort of rhythm to the to the exchanges is really cool. Added to the sort of the really nice sound effects that they use, um, and then also the the final scene in the sort of strange um, rocket ship themed nightclub. And some standout moments in there, obviously using the the motorbikes and the the really nice bit with the snapped broom handle, where you know he does the the sort of the wushu esque movement, and then it ends up with the guy that the shockwave from the stick stopping in front of his face uh, snaps his uh, sunglasses. You know, you can see where it's the, they've got it on wires, and they pull it, and it breaks. Such a cool thing. And then obviously the trademark. Um, the trademark uh, punch that he does with the sort of this, every, everybody that's seen this, the film knows the one I mean and you've all had a go at doing it where he sort of swings his arms around and then punches it's like his power up move uh, so yeah yeah really 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 cool cool uh, fight fights and a cool film in drive um, and then to, uh, Tony Jaa and Ong back I mean pff, proper game changer this was I, I remember when this came out we're talking I think it was like well, I, I I saw it. I think it must be two thousand and two, maybe two thousand and three, maybe three. Um, and I got a copy of a Thai VCD, and um, I I had absolutely no idea what was going on with the story or the dialogue because it was all in Thai. Um, but it, it it just didn't matter. <laughs> I remember saying this to people, just get it. It, it. it doesn't matter if you don't know what's happening in the story. Just watch it for the fight scenes. Um, and that's nothing against the story at all. But, you know, you, you can. You can just watch it for the fight scenes. And, and I, I knew it was about someone that was cross about something that had been stolen for his village. But I don't know. I didn't know the relevance of it. And, I didn't, and it really didn't matter in my, in my mind at the time. Just, you know, just the brutality of the fight scenes and the uh, the... The, the way it was something that was completely new that we hadn't really seen. You know, obviously, it's not that the, the uh, Muay Thai or Muay Barana, it wasn't the first time we'd ever seen it, but it was the way in which it was shot, edited, delivered. Um, you know, the brutality of it with the, 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 the elbows to the heads. And then obviously with Tony Jaa fusing the trick into it because at the time, sort of the early 2000s, you know, martial arts tricking was really... Um, picking up in popularity with like Bilang.com and things like that and and to see the trick infused with the Thai style and the, the, the you know he was doing like uh, 720s and 540 hook kicks and gainers and hitting people with them and we're not just like talking little taps we're talking like proper full on smashes to the face and the head so um, if you haven't seen it on back you know go find it go hunt it down and, and give it a watch and uh, you really, really, and you'll really enjoy the brutality of it. Okay, so let's move on to our next. Hi, sir. Ishmael here, aka Ishi the Warrior on YouTube and Insta. Loving the podcast, sir. I listen to it in the car with my dad all the time. My favorite episodes are the Jackie Chan special and the episode with your son Casey because he's ten years old and a red belt in Taekwondo like me. My dad is a martial arts movie monster, so I've been watching martial arts movies all my life. While my friends are watching Thomas the Tank Engine, I was watching I'm Monkey and No Retreat, No Surrender. At the moment, my favourite martial arts actor is Wu Jing, also known as Jackie Wu or Jackie Wu Jing. He's done a lot of movies, but he's not that well known. You might know him from a film called Wolf Warrior, 
because he fights Scott Atkins. I haven't seen the film, but I've seen a few clips. My favourite movie is The Master of Tai Chi because of an epic scene where he fights a lot of Kung Fu masters using the Tai Chi style. So that's my favourite film and actor. Just wanted to say as well, I really enjoyed the the screen fighting session at the UK Martial Arts Show and looking forward to the one at the Kaizen event. See you then, sir. How cool is this guy? Look at that, like a pro. Got it all all ready there with his notes and everything. He's better than me. Dude, just have your own podcast. Just, just don't. No, actually, don't have your own podcast because it'll probably be better than mine. You can be, on, <laughs> you can be on mine on it sometime instead. We'll do it that way around. But no, getting back to what you were saying, um, uh, well in as well. I tell you what, props to getting the the mention in there for your for your social media stuff. Well done, dude. Well done. Opportunity taken there. Top top marks for you. So yeah, uh, Jackie Wu. Yeah, good choice. Good choice. Uh, it's one of those people that. Um, as you say, most people aren't necessarily familiar with Mike. He's one of those faces that people will see and they go, oh yeah, it's that guy. I've seen him before. But then they can't remember why or what from. But no, uh, I know the films that you're talking about. Absolutely, I do. And um, with the Wolf Warrior films, he, he's actually, um, he actually directed them as well, Wolf Warrior and Wolf Warrior 2, as well as starring in them. Really fun. Um, I'm sure your dad will let you watch them at some point as well. Um, props to him for getting you into the uh, to the martial arts movies at a young age as well, rather than Thomas the Tank Engine. Um, as a as a dad myself, I have had to uh, long suffer through Thomas the Tank Engine um, many, many, many times. Um, so you know, <laughs> I can understand why why he swapped them out there as well. But just you know, going through some of his other films that people. Uh, might recognise him from probably um, SPL or as it was known over here as Killzone. He has a a good role in that, demonstrating some of his awesome acrobatic moves and a sort of a, a, a climatic scene uh, alongside Donnie Yen, the alleyway fight. I think most people know him from that as well. Um, Fatal Contact's another one uh, that I think people know him from. Um, uh, there's lots of others as well. I think the best thing to do really is people if people get on to... Um, to IMDb and have a good look through his list of films. There's got some coming up as well, so there'll be there's some other ones for you to look out for as well, there, dude. But yeah, thanks for your submission and, and thanks thanks for the kind words about the the workshop at the the martial arts show and and the things that we've got going on as well. You keep it up, dude. You're you're a great guy, and uh, maybe we'll have you on the podcast soon. Okay, so to our next one. Hi, sir. Mags here from Birmingham. I'm a martial arts movie fan since I was a little kid. Uh, I'm into it in a pretty big way, almost almost at a geek level where uh, I get into the backstory of the movies and their relevance in historical fact or folklore. It'd probably be my chosen subject on Mastermind. That's that's how deep it goes. So having to choose one actor in one film as a favourite, that's been nearly impossible for me. But uh, I've added up all the factors, and overall I'd have to say it's Sammo Hung. The guy's a legend, actor, stuntman, fight choreographer. And of course, martial artist. He's choreographed some of arguably the, the greatest fight sequences ever made. His films, uh, Prodigal Son and Warriors 2, up until the recent wave of Ip Man films, uh, they were widely considered to be the best displays of Wing Chun screen fighting ever made. Uh, as a martial arts actor himself, he, he was awesome, he, even though he was overweight he could still leap and kick and backflip with the best of them and the fluidity of his fight scenes made some of the more unrealistic moves seem somehow believable um 
in terms of a favourite film, there's there's too many to choose from, but I, I think for personal reasons, my favourite is The Evil Cult, also known as Kung Fu Cult Hero, or various other titles depending on where in the world it was released. Uh, I, I like that film because it's, it's loosely based on one of my favourite set of uh, Wuxia novels. They're sort of uh, Kung Fu fantasy stories, They're loosely based in historical fact. Uh, the set I'm talking about is called the Condor Trilogy uh, and in the film uh, The Evil Cult Sammo Hung plays the part of a 108 year old Wu Dang Grandmaster Chang Sang Fung so uh, yeah if you haven't seen that one it's definitely worth a watch uh, so as always thanks for the opportunity and uh, looking forward to hearing the podcast all the best Thank you, Mags. As always, a very in-depth reply. <laughs> Didn't have to take much out this time. You were quite behaved with your amount of recording. <laughs> but no, quality stuff, sir. Thank you for taking time to explain it all. So Sam Hung, yeah, I think um, it's one of those um, one of those people that has, has, has managed to sort of um, redevelop himself, um, you know, multiple times. So you know, he's 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 well known for his film work, for his sort of his kung fu films, and then uh, his action films, and then obviously his TV shows. So he's across the board. I think a lot of people first discovered him, um, and, and and myself as well. Actually, I mean, obviously, I'd seen him in things and not really realised the connection to you know Jackie and Yun Biao and others as well. But I first saw him in Martial Law on the TV series, and uh, I think that's uh, you know where a lot of people first first found him uh, as well over here. And um, I was I've got a massive soft spot for for the Martial Law series, and I really want it on DVD or Blu-ray. And I, I know I think it's out there somewhere, but it's ridiculously difficult to get. And I'd love it. Just somebody in the UK, you know, pick it up on DVD, and just just for me. But I'm sure other people will get it as well. Um, if anybody out there has got a copy of, on, on DVD and you wanted to sell it, or you know where I can get it, let me know because I want that on my on my on my shelf. Um, there's a really cool fight. I remember because Mark Cascos is in that as well, as an episode is in. Um, there's lots of other people that are, that starred in it as well. But um, there's a really cool fight in in martial law where it's in a um, like a I want to say it's a building site, construction site, and he's fighting with. Uh, broomsticks and he's doing backflips off boards and stuff and it's so so cool and I had that on a collection of uh, fight scenes and I watched that over and over and over again that one particular scene but yeah you know you mentioned classics like Warriors 2 and Odd Couple um, others to think of you've got Prodigal Son is in that as well and then, and then going forward you've got Project A Wheels and Meals the things you do with Jackie and Yumbiao and stuff so yeah um Really, really good, really good choice, and obviously the Ip Man films as well. So, um, you know, Samo, Samo is an absolute legend, and and you know, obviously his performing skills, but also as a fight coordinator and choreographer and action director as well, and a director. You know, this guy could do it all and still can. Um, so yeah, an absolute legend. Right. So moving on. Hey Chris, this is Ant McGinley, producer of Mixed Martial Arts and many other podcasts as well. Um, for me, the name that comes to mind first of all above all others um although it's a very competitive uh, genre is tony jar or tony Yar. never quite sure how to say that but um i think you know who i'm talking about star of ong back which is still a film which blows me away every time i see it um and especially as well if you've not had a chance to see the full uncut version of ong back 2 
the scene where he runs up that circular restaurant and just as a fight scene where I think he takes out something in the region of 57 stuntmen, which is quite impressive. Um, there's just something beautiful about everything. I think he's quite unassuming to look at, especially in the early parts of Ong Bak. He kind of looks like a simple guy that doesn't really know much. And then when he's first thrown into the into the underground boxing, he uh, he certainly surprises everybody by taking the guy out with one hit. And then just the chase scene as well. There's a little bit of parkour in there and just some incredible I think this is the dive through the the ring of barbed wire which always made me think why are they carrying a ring of barbed wire well that's where's that going to and also for me that the standout moment in that film is the um, cartwheel between the windows thanks for your message Ant uh, yeah great selection obviously on back we've already discussed I think it's one of those ones that are going to come up a, a lot but the the scene in on back too I think the one you're referring to is the single shot where it comes in at the bottom uh, and goes all the way up the circular floors, all the way up to the top. Uh, one shot deal, and that I mean, I think any you know any filmmakers or you know um, stunt guys, actors out there that have seen that will appreciate the difficulty in that the setup, the time that must have gone into there to get that right. Can you imagine being the guy? The guys right at the end. If you mess that up, <laughs> and they have to reset that whole thing and go again. Man, that that must be I mean, I don't I, I don't actually know the the story of it. I don't know if if there were was multiple takes, how many times they did it. Um, the rehearsal times must have been epic to get that right. Uh, but no, uh, the cartwheel, the aerial between the planes, the the sheets of glass in on back. I know the chase the, the the chase scene you talk about, almost sort of like a slightly parkour esque. Uh, sequence where he's sort of um, flipping over tires and, as you say, jumping through the the, the ring of the ring of uh, barbed wire. I, I remember too at the time watching, thinking, "Why are they carrying around a ring of barbed wire like that?" But um, and he does the splits underneath the car, um, and yeah, it's, it's it's an absolutely brilliant scene. Like the rest of the film, it's really really, really good. And um, and Tony Jaa, as you say, is really sort of sort of a gentle, unassuming. Um, yeah, explosively violent at the same time. So yeah, great choices there, sir. And keep up the great work. If you've not checked it out, guys, you need to go and check out um, Mixed Martial Arts, which is one of the shows that, that Anne produces along with others. And one of the reasons I actually got into martial arts podcasting was due to uh, that podcast. So yeah, do go check it out. Right, let's get on to the next one. Hey, Chris Jones, and uh, greetings from Croatia. It's Simon One here. I'm um, shooting a TV show, and I'm not allowed to talk about it, but um, it's going to be good. Anyway, I think my, my favourite fight scene from any film, that's got to be the first time we see Jackie Chan and Yun Bao fight with the stools. Um, Young Master was one of those films I watched as a kid, my dad's Chinese and a uh, guy used to come around with a bag full of videotapes and I just remember watching it when I was a little boy and just thinking what the hell is he doing with this stool, this uh, little wooden bench and just the, I think it's just the just the intricacy and the the, the inventiveness of, of seeing that and I mean Yun Bao and, and Jackie Chan for me are the dream team and it's hard to pick a specific fight so I'm, I'm gonna uh, ignore your your initial request and say every single thing from the young master and Yun Bao and Jackie Chan those two guys man it's um, it's a martial arts dream team 
It's all about that 70s, 80s shaggy hair, the, the kung fu slippers, and just, yeah, dynamite. So just pick a fight from Young Master, and that's my favourite. Simon, you're a legend. Thanks for that. That's brilliant. Young Master, an absolute classic. Actually, just before I get on to Young Master, for those who don't know Simon, um, Simon, I actually worked with him on uh, the short film Dog. If you've not seen that, go, go check it out. Got lots of epic fight scenes. I'm saying that because I choreographed them but no uh, it also features your brother Martin who you'll have seen me uh, working with through SG Action over the years the, the different um, short films that we've done and maybe maybe some more of that soon but I'll not talk about that too much yet but um, you'll have seen uh, Simon most recently in the, the epic film Fantastic Beasts The Crimes of Grindelwald also um, totally different character but go check out uh, The Supermassive Raver on YouTube uh, it's absolutely brilliant absolutely brilliant so I've done a little plug for you there Simon done a little bit of PR for you but yeah getting back to the, the subject which was um, The Young Master absolutely epic film I um, I got this on VHS I remember I bought it from a um, a garage a petrol station uh, I, I, back when randomly you could buy videos from petrol stations it was on a I'm trying to remember what garage it was it was on Baldy Road in Doncaster I can't remember what the garage was but I got it I got it there and I remember taking it home and um, and I, cause I had uh, well I would have had Rumble in the Bronx I think I had what else was it there was I had anyway, I had a few and I remember putting it on and watching it and then getting getting up to the scene where uh, they're breaking the, the bad guy out because he's in the chains and stuff and all of a sudden the fight style changes up completely into sort of a, almost like a more modern kickboxing martial arts style fight scene which was something that you didn't really see at the time you know it, there was there was you know uh, obviously there was rhythm to the to the choreography but a lot of back then a lot of the kung fu films you know were very stereotypical ta pa ta pa and, uh, and you know great in itself but then there was this sort of off rhythm off tempo scrappy more freestyle type movement martial arts scene in there um, and it was sort of like whoa where did you know where did this come from and uh, obviously you know working with the fan and the other things like so the benches and stuff and Yun Biao who obviously Jackie went on to work with a number of times over the years so yeah Simon great choice an absolute classic the young master you know what would have finished off your recording even better if you would have um, broken into uh, the Kung Fu Fighting Man song at the end because I, I imagine that you can do an excellent rendition of that um, so I expect that uh, audio to be sent to my inbox um, very soon but yeah best of luck with whatever you're filming in Croatia sounds exciting and um, hopefully we'll be seeing you on our screens very soon Hi Chris my contribution to um, the podcast my favourite martial arts actor or actress um, obviously Zora Fibium being from Nottingham Steven Seagal but ultimately Kung Fu Panda definitely hands down Kung Fu Panda batters everybody cheers mate and uh, yeah don't forget yeah leave the trees alone let's start kicking speed cameras Nice one. So, for those of you that haven't already guessed, that was Lucci, uh, organizer of the Kaizen Expo, who's <laughs> been on the show before. Um, 
Yeah, let's let's just go with the first ones. Okay, so we mentioned Zara Fithian, um, who I've known for a number of years and fantastic martial artist and actress. And uh, yes, yeah, I'm actually I've actually been working with her recently on the the new film Tribal. And obviously, I can't really talk too much about the film, but what I can say is she's been beating me up quite heavily on screen, um, which has been a really cool experience. And then obviously you mentioned Steven Seagal, bit of a polarizing character is Steven. Obviously, you know he's more recent. Uh, escapades shall we say have not really endeared him with a lot of people um, myself included if I'm honest but obviously looking at him from his from his film work he's it's he, really he's a bit of a bit of a strange one in that his early films were really good you know he could it was acting really well obviously his martial arts were good and then progressively he just started to do sort of less martial arts less acting less dialogue and he was just, you know, it was very, very bizarre. And obviously he's got a real loyal fan base, but as you can probably tell, not one of my favourites. Although oddly enough, I did really quite, for some bizarre reason, I did really enjoy that really random police series he did where um, he was a sheriff and, well, so, so they claimed anyway. Uh, I, I don't know why there was something about that I really did quite enjoy, but mm, anyway. Um, Kung Fu Panda, well, you know, Kung Fu Panda, what can I say about that? <laughs> But no, Lucci, uh, thanks for that. And again, just a little little plug in here. Um, if you if you remember, guys, I'm going to be teaching a super seminar at the Kaizen Show. Um, if you're interested in joining in with my my kicking training, we're going to be going for about two hours, um, twenty quid for that, and then you can actually stay in Kaizen for free afterwards or before if it's if it's on, if it's on later in the day. So you know, buy a ticket from me, do the workshop, and then. You can, you can stay in the rest of the show as well, so absolute bargain. All right, Luchi, cheers for that, I think. <laughs> all right, let's go on to our next one. So my favorite martial arts actor of all time has to be Jet Li. When I was a kid, he really inspired me, and uh, I'd never seen anyone move so beautifully and so so fluidly before. So I think my favorite films have to be the Once Upon a Time in China series, but also Fist of Legend. That was the first film I saw him in, and the fight scene between him and General Fujita at the very end, you know, that is absolutely insane. It still blows my mind to this day. Big thanks for that, John, or Shui, as I think it, I think that's right. I, I always say I think that's right. I think I'm saying it right. You're going to have to... You're going to have to tell me sometime in a message. But no, uh, fantastic martial artist, uh, actor, stunt guy, uh, all-round cool bloke, musician as well. Uh, really, really, really good musician. Go check out his stuff on social media. Uh, if you look up John uh, Zhang, which is Z-H-A-N-G, if I, can sp- if I can speak. I'm really troubling with speaking today, which is really bad when you do a podcast. Um, but no, go check out his stuff on, on social media. But getting back to the, the person, which was Jet Li, which, yeah, fantastic, fantastic choice. Um, you know, uh, you were talking about Once Upon a Time in China series. Um, I loved, uh, I remember I had, a, again, VHS copies of, because um, that's how old I am, but I had VHS copies of, of the films. And uh, I remember watching the first one in particular, um, the, the end sequence with some really cool sound effects later of it, like the... Um, the tiger sounds and like the the um, like whoosh like I want to say jet sounds which sounds a little bit cheesy but you know what I mean like the um, like supersonic almost like there was really really cool sound effects and obviously the wire work and um, and the the pure the the 
the pure kung fu work as well with the grounded stuff where there was no wire work going on um, was absolutely epic and then of course you got follow on ones with, with, with Donnie M where the weapons work uh, and then obviously the series goes right through then up in America and it's, yeah it's a really cool series is the Once Upon a Time in China series and um, it's a little bit of a shame how they sort of handled the whole thing with Yun Biao in the first one and, and how he you know he couldn't carry on with his character and stuff after that but that being said um, you know fantastic series and then you mentioned Fist of Legend which an absolute as you as you said an absolute classic there's so so many filmmakers out there that cite uh, Fist of Legend has been their inspiration to make whatever action film it is that they made, and um, yeah, so so cool. And the 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 fight that you were mentioning with General in particular, uh, not only is the action absolutely fantastic, first rate action, but the cinematography and the set design is is absolutely beautiful um you know uh, right the little details down to the part where you know he kicks the tree and then the, the the autumn leaves are falling all the all the colors and everything in there is, is is absolutely fantastic so if you've not seen that scene or that film i do urge you to go out and and, and pick it up and and, and watch it because it's it, it's absolutely absolutely fantastic right so on to our next one hi guys my name is thomas dodd i train out of the world famous mission kai dojo in liverpool my favourite martial arts actor is, surprise, surprise, Bruce Lee. But I'm also a fan of what Keanu Reeves has been doing with these new John Wick films in recent years. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Thomas, for that submission. Um, most recently, I met Thomas um, at uh, the martial arts show, the UK martial arts show. Um, great guy, really, really talented martial artist, and now he's obviously turned his attention to um, acting as well. And I've had the pleasure of working alongside him and under him, actually. He's my boss in many senses as a producer of uh, the film Tribal, and um, really great guy. But uh, on to what he was saying about uh, martial arts stuff. Um, Bruce Lee. Um, now, I'm a, I'm a massive fan of Bruce Lee as a, as a martial artist, and uh, the way he changed um, modern thinking, you know, towards training and and, and cross training um, films. I, I, you know, I've never been a huge Bruce Lee film fan, and I know that might be shocking to a lot of people, but you know, um, they just don't really. I, I appreciate them for what they are, and there are there are there are certain sections of certain films that are absolutely brilliant. But overall. You know, obviously, unfortunately, his career was cut short. So, you know, who knows what might have come. Um, but, you know, the I wasn't a huge fan of his films, if I'm, if I'm completely honest. Uh, I appreciate, um, you know, what they were trying to achieve with them. And, and I guess I say some of the some moments in some of the films I do really like or do really, really appreciate. Um, Keanu Reeves, though, on a completely opposite side of things there to Bruce Lee. You know, uh, absolutely, that guy's an absolute legend in my eyes. The, the the work ethic of this guy is just insane, absolutely insane with the with the John Wick films, especially. You know, um, you, you're going to look at the behind the scenes stuff and then speaking to people that worked on the productions or have worked with him in on other productions. The amount of time and detail and effort that he puts into these characters and the uh, physical performance side, you know, and uh, uh, all the stuff online that you see uh, of him of him training leading up to the shoot 
um, you know, he, he's real deal. He's really putting time into it. Um, I think the, one of the key elements to the success with the John Wick films, aside from obviously the Keanu's hard work, is the fact that it's you know it's directed by uh, Chad Stileski, who's uh, stundable in um, the Matrix series. So you know he knows how Keanu moves and what he can do, and um, you know what his strengths are. And then obviously they've been able to mold that along with eighty seven eleven, the action team, to create this really cool sort of sambo jiu-jitsu judo um gunplay uh action style for john wick which is uh it's a joy to watch and you know there's always those really cool surprising moments but then going back from there you know you've got uh man of tai chi as well when uh, possibly one that a lot of people haven't seen um that, that stars um, they said stars john wick then <laughs> that stars keanu reeves um, you know, demonstrating his his martial arts again for the first time since the Matrix um, Part Three. Watch, which was was that two thousand and three, two thousand and two. I know it was a long time ago. Um, yeah, Part Three was two thousand and three, um, and uh, you know, guys, it's hard to believe how quick that's gone, isn't it? It's like twenty years just zipping by like that from the, from the first Matrix films. But yes, um, great great choices there, sir. And um, I'll be seeing you again on set very very soon. Hi Chris, Daniel here. I just wanted to let you know that my favourite martial arts star is Jean-Claude Van Damme. My nan had a lot of his early films on video like Bloodsport, Kickboxer and Double Impact and whenever I was at her house I would always watch them. I have a massive passion for martial arts films but Van Damme's always been my fave. I can't pinpoint exactly why he's my favourite but I just think he's the whole package. Um, if I had to pick a favourite fight scene, I'd probably go for the final fight scene in AWOL. The, the one where he's losing, getting beaten, but he comes back and wins, of course. Brilliant podcast. Keep up the good work. Cheers. Oh, thank you for saying so. I appreciate that. Um, but just before we, before we go into this, I want to say how cool is your nan? She had, she had Jean-Claude Van Damme videos. Um, you know, my nan, bless her. She had like old biscuits and stuff. <laughs> but John Claude Van Damme videos. How cool's that? But yeah, um, you know, again, classic choice. Um, you know, there's so there's such a depth of, of variety with Van Damme films. You know, you've got classics like we say, Bloodsport uh, and, and Kickboxer. You've got the slightly sort of you know, that's the great ones be like Street Fighter and things like that. But, you know, AWOL, another classic, an absolute classic. I know what you mean about that end fight scene. You know, you really end up rooting for the character. He's, he's getting an absolute kick in. And then, we, you know, we really start rooting for him and believing in him. And then, obviously, um, spoilers. And then he comes back and wins. Uh, but, yeah, there's... Um, I, I remember reading somewhere that there was talk of there being a follow-up to that as well, to AWOL. Um, you know, shot, shot now, but... Um, I don't know if that's getting off the ground or if that was just internet talk. I don't know, but yeah, Jean uh, Jean Claude Van Damme is going through a little bit of like a not a stop start, but like a resurgence, and then he you know he goes quiet again for a little bit, and then he's back again. Another you know, as I said earlier on, you know, Lucas or the bouncer, whatever you want to call it, it's um it's great, great, um, great showing from him in, in, in that. And obviously, in terms of, of of action, but you know, most definitely as a, as an actor as well, the performance in that it's absolutely brilliant. So um, yeah, great, great submission there, sir. And again, thanks for the support. Really do appreciate it. It's it's nice to know we're getting something right, and um, I'll catch up with you soon. Right. I think we're going to go on to the last one now. Hi, my name's Nick Khan. I'm a fighter and fight choreographer working in films. My favourite action actor, or martial art actor, um, currently is Danny Yen from China. 
Um, I feel he's the most adaptable, explosive, energetic, forward-thinking, a very aggressive um, action actor uh, currently. Uh, my favorite fight scene of Danny Yen has to be Flashpoint on the rooftop. Um, and I think there's a video on YouTube that has hit about 25 million uh, views with that fight scene. And I think it's just... That fight scene has everything inside, from the disarming, the movement, the explosive, um, explosive nature. He has the grappling, and I think that's that sort of sent, set the standards and the benchmark for fight choreography. Um, and I have to say, it's just one of the best fight scenes of all time since I've seen. Thanks for taking time to send that, Nick. I know you've been incredibly busy, um, you know, working on tribal and working on you know, various other things, and obviously your own personal life you've got going on as well. So I appreciate you taking time to send that because I do, I do know you've been super, super busy. But um, Donnie Yen, good choice, good choice. Um, you know, somebody who's been around in the industry for a very long time. I think longer than most people, a lot of people do realize. You know, um, he looks incredibly young and is in immense shape for his age. I'm just trying to remember now how old he is. I'm just gonna click it up on IMDb see if it actually says. So he's born what 1963. So I'll let you guys do the quick maths on that one. So you know, it's incredibly, incredibly uh, agile. F- super quick and his kicks are on point so so crisp but you know as Nick was saying so diverse in his ability to play so many different roles I think a lot of people know him now for his role in Ip Man which obviously uh, demonstrating the Wing Chun system uh, and and from what I'm told obviously I'm I've, I've had a little bit of experience in it I'm not I wouldn't say I'm nowhere even close to being a beginner let alone an expert but um, from what I'm told you know he, he, he portrays the style very very well uh, and then you sort of contrast that to his character that he plays in something like Rogue One for example you know um, or going back to even as far as like Blade 2 very 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 different characters um, and, and somebody that's able to um, swap styles very very easily uh, obviously people also know him working alongside Jackie Chan in uh, in Shanghai Nights the second one and they said noon then so Shanghai Nights he has a memorable fight scene alongside Jackie Chan underneath like a uh, machine gun on a turret and on a boat and you know uh, as I mentioned earlier on as well in Once Upon a Time in China 2 alongside Jet Li um, film Flashpoint which is uh, an action mega fest go check that one out and then you've got SPL also known as Killzone and uh, he has an amazing fight scene with Wu Jing who was mentioned earlier on and as long, uh, alongside Samo Hung who has also been mentioned so you know this guy has been around and done it and you know a, a, an absolute legend within the martial arts movie scene so um, quite a good one to finish up on there from a from submission point of view so I guess what's really left is for me to say what what my favourite, who my favourite is. And I, I've actually covered this one before, um, but my favourite um, is purely from the point of view of this is what, this is the scene or the film that I saw that, that really sparked my interest in wanting to get involved in uh, martial arts movies and, and film work was uh, Jackie Chan in the film Rumble in the Bronx. Now, I'll always have a soft spot for this film. It's 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 not perfect by no means is it perfect, um, but it just ah, oh, it's a really really aggressive um, uh, action packed film with a as I say an aggressive uh, character from Jackie Chan in that you know he's going for vengeance in some of these scenes. You know he goes along to that the, the my, my favorite scene arguably in the film is the the when he goes to the gang 
hideout, I suppose you'd say it, um, solely with the purpose of kicking the crap out of these guys. And you don't really see that in a Jackie Chan film very often. He's usually um, on the receiving end and, you know, not wanting to fight and you know, having the, the sort of more comedy slapstick style of, of action. And, and in this scene, you know, he goes into there specifically to kick the crap out of everybody and does so in tremendous style. You know, mixing up a multitude of different martial arts styles, you know, he picks up the ski at one point. Spoilers if you've not seen it. You know, he kicks the living daylights out of there. Well, not kicks the living, but suppose he skis the living daylights out of the guy, but obviously uses it like a, a, a bow staff. Uh, and it's just such a great film, you know. Um, he uses a, a fake Lamborghini to f- fight a hovercraft at the end, you know, because he obviously he'd broken his ankle and they had to replace the final fight scene. And you know, uh, just just an, an, an amazing, almost like a, a showreel for Jackie Chan, I suppose, at the time when it was um, released in America. Um, so for me, I'll, I'll always have a soft spot for, for for Jackie Chan and for the film Rumbling the Bronx. Um, so that brings us to the end of that section. Uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to head straight over into our Matt Chat section because I know a lot of people really do enjoy this and we didn't do one last week. I didn't want to miss one off this week. I know it makes the episode quite long, as does my constant rambling, but... Um, I didn't want to miss this out. Uh, so it's a real fun one, this one. Uh, I actually recorded this one with Matt whilst he was away in Spain on holiday. So big thanks to him for, for giving up his time whilst he was away. Um, have a listen and I'll speak to you afterwards. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com. Phone all the way from sunny Spain, I believe. Is that right? That's correct. That is correct, yeah. Oh, I should say you are really, shouldn't I? Uh, we've got Master Matthew Chapman. How are you doing, sir? I'm very good, thank you. Really, really hot here, obviously, being in Spain, but um, all good. Hotter than where you are normally, because it's, it's usually super sunny there anyway, so... Yeah, it is. It's, uh, yeah, close to 30 degrees, so I'm sweating my uh, knackers off out here. Well, lucky for some, eh? I can't say yeah. it's, uh, it's, it, it's raining. Yay. Um, but, yeah. Is it really? It is, yeah. Oh, grim. <laughs> you sound Never mind. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Need a, you need a little holiday, Chris. A what? <laughs> you need a little holiday. Yeah, what's what? I'm like, what? It's called Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> not not quite there yet. We're nearly there. Though. We're getting there, aren't we? Um, cool. So you're on holiday. So taking it, taking a bit of a break with the family, yeah? <laughs> Yeah, um, we go to this place in Spain during like this time of year because it's not too hot. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not very good with the heat, so once it starts getting past thirty degrees, I'm like useless. Yeah, I'm which means saying. I don't want to go somewhere super hot in July, you know, when it's forty degrees. Yeah, I, I don't do the sun. I'm a, a bit of a vampire. I just sort of I hide away, which is which is a little bit of a shame when your dad retires and builds a house in Crete. But you know, yeah. I've been there. I've been there once. <laughs> uh, just Have you? Up, yeah, I've been. I, I end up having like to run from shadow to shadow. Otherwise, I just sort of because fall. it's what just. I just fry. I just. Yeah, I can put factor any number. You can pick a number. I can put it on, and I'll still burn. So. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, isn't isn't there a time of year when it's cooler down there, or is it still just always hot? It's just hot all the time, as far as I know. But anyway. You know, see, I, I, it's just how it is. I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind. Um, so, um, holidays. I, we, we were, we were just chatting earlier. I, I actually in the holidays 
I run a, re- a reduced timetable, some, something we started implementing a couple of years ago to actually pretty good success, actually. Um, and I know that there's a lot of other school owners out there have different strategies for, for getting through the holidays, as it were. Um, so they yeah. thought that, that might be a nice one to chat about. Yeah. So what's your reason behind running a reduced timetable? Well, what we found was inevitably uh, with the with the half term holidays, with the one week holidays, People go away on holiday, rightly so. Rightly so, except for muggins. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, obviously. Um, but they, you know, they go away on holiday, um, so we have less people in the classes. Uh, yeah. So rather than having, um, say, four, four or five classes of an evening, usually, usually more like five, because uh, obviously we split all the grades. Uh, we'll run yeah. one mixed grade kids class. So rather than have five in each session of three sessions, we'll have fifteen in one session. Um, and it's quite nice because, you know, normally the, the beginner kids, the new starters won't get to work with the senior grades and the other way around as well. So it's a nice opportunity for the kids that are keen um, to, you know, to be in there and, and to work with the opposite end of the, the scale of grades. And what we do is with the higher grades, especially, is we just give them little challenges where like, we split the grades up between, you know, into, into little, little groups. And we say, OK, this is your challenge. Yeah. You've got five minutes. Off you go. And we give the senior grade some responsibility for that that short time in class, and they absolutely love it. Um, and it makes for yes. a really easy it, it makes for a really easy session because you know it te- the, the class teaches itself in effect. So, you know, it's good fun. So it gives you a kind of a bit of a break as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, you yeah know, and, and not, not just for me, but obviously for you know for the staff as well, because you know the the, the simple fact of it is is they're in holiday mode as well. So rather than trying to fight that too much. Which is sort of go, sort of go with it. Um, yes, know, the, the numbers are heavily reduced in the school, so you know uh, the ones that are coming in are either they've not gone on holiday or they are super keen. So it, it, yes, it, it, we 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 play to that and yeah, have lots of them. Still work hard, but and know. what uh, do you do? You find like kids have been dragged there by their parents because uh, you know the parents are stressed out with having the kids at home, or is it? The oh yeah, super keen ones turn up. Yeah, you, you have a mix. You have a mix, really, don't you? I mean, you have the ones that the kids that are keen and they'll be there. They'll be there regardless. Um, uh, and then at the other end of the scale, like you say, there's the ones that are dragged there because they've been sat in yeah. the house on the switch all day. Um, yeah, yeah. And, um, the, I'm looking at my son at the same time as saying that sat on his switch right now. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, they're, they're dragged. All the all the parents, you know, is sometimes you just need a break. You've, 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 yes. there's only so many times you can hear dad, I'm bored in, in yeah. one sort of eight hour period before you, you know, um, so well, the, see, our generation, we were out on our bikes all day, weren't we? We used to get yeah. kicked out and we'd be out with our mates causing havoc and then come back for tea and then go back out again and then come yeah, back when it got dark. Just, yeah. Literally just present ourselves to fuel up or sleep, um, or, or yeah. a 50 P for the ice cream van. It was, yeah. you know, that was about as far as it went. Um, it's different now, isn't it? Obviously, for whatever reason. Yeah, well, it's the it's the fear, isn't it? People people worried about their kids getting hurt or snatched or stabbed, um, yeah. which is all ridiculously unlikely to happen. It's probably a safer time than ever, especially with mobile phones that everyone's got. Yep. But the, uh, the 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 fear is what keeps people with their kids inside, and so they don't get to go out and roam. I remember just going out first thing and coming back for sort of lunch, dinner, and then coming back, and that was it. Every day for summer holidays. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, I was the same. I was the same. And sometimes, you know, we, we, well, we're off out, see you later. And what off out, see you later meant we were off on a hundred mile bike ride somewhere. Um, yeah. which yeah. quite often just take ourselves off and just get up to the most ridiculous things and, you know, uh, wind up on some A road somewhere on our bike. <laughs> you know, doing all sorts. You know, Slightly but, dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not encouraging that sort of behavior. You shouldn't do that. But, you know, that's what you do as kids, isn't it? You, you, know, you, you don't know any better. Um, yes. Do you know the story about Richard Branson when he was young? Hmm? Go on. Do you know the story about Richard Branson? I probably do, but I've forgotten. Um, so part of the reason why he says he's so entrepreneurial and, you know, can do all these things that he does is because his mother kind of instilled it in him. And she would literally pack him off when he, I think he was six, seven or eight or something on his bike, give him a little pat lunch and say, ride to the coast. Mm. And he would just ride to the coast, have his lunch and then ride back. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Other times she would like stop a few miles away from his house, kick him out of the car and say, find your way home. Oh, wow. Seriously. Yeah. Which obviously today would be like, you get your kids taken away from you. Yeah, you would, but, yeah. <laughs> but that's what why, she why? used to do. And he... you're, you're, right, you're right, Billy. Why, why, why are you stood by the roadside? Uh, well, my mum kicked me out of the yeah. car. Told my me to find my way home. <laughs> but Branson says, you know, he probably doesn't think it's the best way, uh, but that's why he's so able to handle situations and solve problems because it's been instilled in him well, since he was a kid. Interesting uh, idea. I know what I'm doing from tomorrow. <laughs> yes, kids. Off you go to the coast. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And the kids can invent some space rocket or you know whatever. And yeah, cool, loving it. So, um, but, um, go on. Yes, but back onto the theme of holiday. Yes, I was and, say uh, that. schools because <laughs> we're getting off track talking about Branson. Um, one of my uh, friends, uh, Tony Davis at Total Dojo, he he does a really good thing during holidays to encourage people to turn up where he'll totally change the timetable. So it's like a special, like it's almost like a special two week, six week course on a particular subject. So he'll make it maybe about sparring for six weeks and it'll just be a summer sparring program okay. or he'll make it about weapons for six weeks. And you know, like kids loves weapon, kids love weapon training. So if you make it all about weapons for like a holiday period, maybe Easter holidays or summer holidays, you know, you make it more of an event, so kids are more likely to turn up to classes because for that six weeks they're learning all sorts of cool weapon stuff, which they don't usually get to learn in their in their kickboxing classes. So I thought that was a really clever way of encouraging people to come during those quieter times. And he says it really works for him. That's cool. Yeah, I've seen I've seen things like that um, worked in different ways. I've seen the similar sort of thing, whereas with the longer holidays. So week one is, you say, weapons. Week two is competition training. Week three is yeah. uh, grappling. Week four is, you know, and they have different different themes. And yeah. If they complete each, if they complete each week, at the end of the the holidays, they get a, a medal for it. That's um, really cool. Certificate, medal, photo, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And I've seen it works as well as just a purely as an attendance, not not changing any syllabus, just. You know, if you get X amount of classes in over these six weeks, you get this as a re- yeah. as a reward so, you know, to try and keep them coming in. Um, which yeah, it's all cool ideas, isn't it? Switching things up a little bit. I think it's yeah. You got to be a bit creative with it, haven't you? Rather than just like sitting in your school, twiddling your thumbs when no one mm. turns up, and going, "Where is everyone? 
if you can start to think about how you can motivate especially kids to get there adults don't seem to change much unless they're on holiday in, mm. in my school anyway what, what about your adult attendance how's that um it for the most part it, it stays the same it does dip off a little bit because understandably there are some that will go on holiday um with yeah. the kids because it's the you know it's the one time they can get without getting fined by the school so you know they yeah, take yeah, it yeah. which is fair enough um but you know on a whole what we tend to have interestingly is a lot more kids in the building because obviously they're on holiday and the, the earlier adult sessions we yeah. end up having a reception full of kids um, so isn't that a great opportunity to market to those kids if they're not yeah. already training doing yeah, like yeah. a sibling deal absolutely or something? yeah absolutely yeah there's always that opportunity and, it, and it's quite nice as well because w- the way the way it is in, in my school it tends to be that the adults that brought the kids in the kids are already training um yeah. but they get to see the parents training when they normally wouldn't yeah so cool. you know it, it's also, nice do you also think about family classes maybe during that summer period to make uh, it easier yeah yeah i have i have run them in the past but um not so good in all honesty i just don't like doing them <laughs> so i don't do them anymore yeah, you know um i just found them a little bit troublesome you know well, uh, every, every, five, every five minutes i was flinching that somebody's you know the the, the, the 20 the stone the 20 stone yeah. year old slightly clumsy dad was going to step on little six-year-old jimmy's feet yeah so gotcha. um, yeah I was a little bit like, oh, I'm not so sure on this. I know, I know there are other people that run them to great success. Yes. And that's great. Um, I think for us, um, our floor space isn't really the right shape or big enough, so it doesn't right. quite work. Um, yeah. But I just found myself on edge. I wasn't enjoying it, so we don't do yeah. it anymore. And that's the thing uh, about a martial arts business, isn't it? You can create it as you want. So yeah. if you, you know, if you try something, and you're like, let's say you try kids' birthday parties and they're an absolute nightmare, and you don't enjoy it. You don't have to do it. You know, but other schools do like four or five birthday parties every Saturday. And, you know, so it's it's totally you can make your business however you want to make it, really. Yeah. And that's something that I've come to realize this last couple of years, especially as, you know, I was doing a lot of things that I felt I was expected to do. Yeah. Being in this business type. And yeah. I wasn't enjoying doing it. So, yeah. you know, what I've done is taken some of those areas out, brought stuff in. And I'm in the process of training them up with a view to potentially bringing those back in again at a later date when we feel it's suitable to. Um, because, you know, I was, as you know, as a lot, you know, I, was, I opened my school 16 years ago and here I am. I was still doing everything. Um, yeah. And I'm not now. <laughs> so, yeah. Delegation, also, eh? Well, yeah. Well, it, again, it, as we've, we've spoken about in previous episodes, it all ties into diversifying and doing more things. You know, the, having the online system has given me um you know a, a, a semi-stable additional income stream mm. that's allowed me to hire staff which yeah. in turn has allowed me to not do the things that i didn't like doing yes so you know it, it works both ways so i'm not actually at the minute you could argue any you know financially any better off but my sanity is well that's the <laughs> thing and that's the thing that keeps you in the game isn't it and allows you to focus on what you enjoy and you don't have to do all the stuff that drags you down um, you know, I, I hated admin, for example. So the very first person I employed once uh, my, the business could afford it was an admin person because I just can't stand ticking things off and writing things down. It's not what, really what I'm about. So, yeah, that was my first employee. You went straight for staff to teach on the floor, did you? Yeah, yeah I went straight for instructors <laughs> first. Um, and, you know, the admin's definitely the next one. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, my, as I mentioned my dad earlier, he's actually... Um, moved back over here when the process of 
and yeah. um, he's come back into the business. So he he's actually taken over a lot. He he actually he enjoys. Um, well, it looks like he does anyway. If you're listening, you don't tell me otherwise. But he, <laughs> he, he seems to enjoy doing the the accounting and the admin side. Um, Great, and I just don't at all. No. Do it. My 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 vision of accounting is putting the receipts in a tin and shutting the lid. She's just never looking at them again. Don't yeah. Look at them. <laughs> And then they don't, don't open the tin. Yeah, well, if you open the tin, they'll fly out. There's that many of them. <laughs> uh, but he's really good with you know um, all the accountancy software and making sure that everything's apps. You know, like he'll ring me up and go, "This two pound thirty four, I can't account for. What is it?" Yeah, um, wow, that's so, exactly who you want in your exactly, business. Yeah, exactly. So he has it all down. Yeah, perfect. So, um, which is great. You know, it means I don't have to. But in the case of the other day when I wanted to uh, work on a film. Um, I was able to because we had a obviously this new young lad we've taken on, a staff member. He's been with us since he was little. You know, he's sixteen now and really responsible. So between him and my dad, they run the they run the the four classes we had on that evening. Yeah, and, nice. I, went, and I went and worked a job in Liverpool. You know, the the job, the film that I was working on was much harder work than teaching, but it was what I wanted to do. So yeah, you know, I was able to, which is cool. Yes, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like the evolution of a martial arts martial artists is you start martial arts you really enjoy martial arts you uh, you think i wonder if i could do this a full-time job or someone mentions it then you uh start teaching you start getting successful and you can burn out at that stage if you start trying to run a school of like 150 200 members just by mm-hmm. yourself doing every single thing and it's a fork in the road at that point if you keep just doing it yourself you eventually burn out you start to fall out of love with martial arts with business with all of that and uh you know at some point you you shut down and you go and do something else or the other side of it is once you get to that sort of level you start getting help you start delegating you start looking at other ways you can uh, make money and free up your time and then you can just keep doing it forever yeah that's it That's, that's the choice isn't it you get to that point it's all right when you've got like 25 to 50 students. You can just, and you do a couple of nights a week. It's, it's like a fun little hobby, isn't it? It is. I, I, I can't really remember back to those days. They were such a long time ago. But it was like, it's just something you can do part time and it gives you a lot of pleasure and you're helping people out. And then at some point it just gets big and you're like, oh, yeah, I, I was, I mean, um, I know we've gone, gone slightly off topic here, but it, it's still it's still relevant. I mean, I had, I, I was in a really weird situation with this in that I went from being a student on the mats five or six days a week yeah, to being an instructor of a school with 300, 350 plus students. Wow. Um, and then when I left, when I, well, I say left, I was, you know, politely pushed. <laughs> uh, well you know these things happen really? um best thing that ever happened really to be fair although i don't know what i don't want to be doing now to be honest um and i went from there to opening my school and i i mean i opened i i, I rented a, a dance studio for a, i don't know maybe eight weeks yeah um got that up to 25 students and then went straight to full time Oh, brave move. So I just went because I, well, the thing is, it it was, I don't know that it was necessarily brave. It was naivety mixed with, um, youthful exuberance. Well, I, well, you see, because I'd come from a school with all these students, that was what I was used to. So I just assumed. You thought you could do it yourself. Yeah. yeah, That's, that's just what happens. That's just, you open a school, you have these many students. That's what happens. 
Um, I was 23, I think. Um, so I just was like, well, it, it, it will happen because yeah. that's what happens. Yeah, um, you've, seen, you've seen it modelled, that's why. Now, if yeah. you were in a school that had seven students and was struggling, your model will be, oh, this is never going to work. You can only ever get seven students. You wouldn't push your marketing. You wouldn't, you know, it's a yeah. good. You were lucky so we, in a sense. We opened. We went from we went from twenty five to fifty to eighty to ninety to hundred really quick, really quick. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, it was only once we got to sort of the hundred level that it started getting trickier, because I was having to manage them, manage the business, and that that's when I was like, because it right up until there it was fairly easy because it was just teaching, it was just teach, 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 teach. There wasn't really anything else to do. It was then when all the other things creep in. You know, the, the stuff that as martial arts instructors were not actually trained to deal with in any way, shape or form. People moaning, people complaining, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, um, you know, uh, delegating and dealing with staff. And, you know, I, I didn't have any experience. In it. I didn't have a clue. Um, no. so that's that's when it so, so slowed up very quickly. Yeah, yeah uh, of course. And then, yeah. You know, and then uh, you know, over time, it's picked up as I've learned and you know, gone, gone away and learned new skills to put into the business. So. You know, um, I'm not quite sure how we got here. <laughs> We're talking about, well, holidays. the main subject was the holidays and what to do about it and how to uh, get people to turn up. And then we went on to ideas and creativity and all of that. You were paying attention anyway, at least that's cool. But now, I mean, um, the, the holiday, I think on the subject of the holidays, what I would say, there's um, somebody obviously, I've been doing this a while now, start thinking if you're listening in and you're thinking about holidays start planning start planning the summer holidays now in fact it's probably a little late for planning the summer holidays now because it's june tomorrow mm, yeah and yeah, you got six weeks haven't you really exactly so if you you know I, I, once one thing that we've we've in the past and again we didn't do it we didn't do it this holidays but one thing that we have worked really well is um the half day camps um right. you know they they they're actually if you can get if you can get enough staff in they're actually really easy to do really yes. easy to do um and yes um you know you just have to be on the ball you know if they if you if, things like if they're going to bring packups in make sure they don't have anything with nuts in them or any blah 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 you know um, yeah and just just be on top of that but um i used to be a little bit i used to give them away and yeah. then one christmas i don't know when it was i really didn't want to do it I really, I, I, but people were asking, but I really didn't want to do it. So I just set the price for four hours at like twenty-five pounds or something, yeah. and we filled all the spaces. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that was the easiest several hundred pounds I've ever made in my life. Um, yeah, and you can charge more than that. Yeah, exactly. So I, we, we we did because what we realised was it wasn't people. The reality of it was, was the parents weren't paying for the kids to go and do something; they were paying for the time that they were getting. Yes. So they yes. valued their time without the kids. Yeah, of <laughs> at a high rate. <laughs> I will pay thirty pounds to have my child for four hours. Yes. Um, so you know, we, yeah, we have. That's what we've done, and we've you know made it a premium thing, and you know, put. Well, hold on. Should we should we discuss this next week? Maybe the whole <laughs> summer camp and what to do during summer camp. Absolutely, that sounds like a good plan. Yeah, because we've done little hol- holiday camps. Now we can do full-on summer camps, entertaining kids for the summer. Let let you get back to your Sunday then. Yeah, good idea. I'm going to go to the bar. <laughs> I bet you've told them I'll need, I'll need at least two hours for this podcast. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'll tell them I'm really drunk. <laughs> I'm like, how'd you get so drunk? <laughs> cool. All right. Well, 
have, have a good time and rest of your day. I'll have much of it's left and um, I'll uh, we'll catch up again next time. Brilliant. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com. So, yeah, like I said, a little bit of a random one there. We started off on one topic and then ended up talking about 15, 15 others. But, you know, oddly enough, they tend to be some of the more popular ones that we do. Um, you know, it's all cool. It's cool. It's why I really enjoy having that that, um, that section in each episode, um, which you guys do as well, which is great to hear. Um, so, uh, closing section, a uh, couple of things I wanted to just go through. Um Obviously, as you will know, I have my own um, online tutorial courses and I've just finished up a, a really cool package of kids drills. I've been asked by several people, can you do something um, demonstrating sort of kicking drills for pads for kids? Um, so I have and I've done a bit of a mix. They're not all pad drills, it's a, a little bit of a mix, mixture of things. With, with always with kids, the hardest part is disguising the repetition of it is, you know, some kids are super keen. And they'll train really hard no matter what. But with others, and it's becoming more and more now, the majority, you know, we have to find different ways of disguising the repetition with the repetition being the really most important part of, of them increasing their ability, both in strength and, and technical ability and that sort of thing. So what I've done is I've come up with some really um, cool drills that I, I use in my own teaching, whether it's in my classes, whether it's in workshops, you know, just to, to, to hide the fact that they're doing something over and over again by making it fun, which is really key to, to kids keeping their attention and to, to keeping them involved. Um, so if you, you head over to uh, the website, which is um, www.onlinekicking.co.uk, get information there. Um, you'll probably also find it. Uh, there's links there's links all over my um, Facebook and uh, within the podcast group. Or if you look for my uh, group on Facebook, which is Chris Jones Online Kicking, .co.uk, I think it is. Um, but if you, if you look it up, you'll, you'll, it'll come up on Facebook. Um, obviously, earlier on, I also mentioned uh, the Kaizen Super Seminar. I know that they're going to be releasing details of other instructors that are going to be doing super seminars. The difference between, just for to, in avoidance of confusion, the, the regular seminars at Kaizen tend to be sort of like a half an hour to 45 minutes. The super seminars are going to be sort of 90 minutes to two hours. So you're getting like a full-on like regular seminar that you would normally go um, you know elsewhere to train in. Or, or obviously, if your instructor brings them to, to your school. So the idea is if you really want to focus on anyone area, you can do. Uh, and they've got deals going for the ticket prices, that sort of thing. Obviously, with mine, it's 20 quid to do the workshop. And then you get free access to the rest of Kaizen for the rest of the day. So, you know... As as uh, Lucci as alluded to on on his Facebook, it's a double bubble. I like that saying. I might I might have to keep that one. Uh, one more quick one before you go. I know I've mentioned it several times throughout the show today, with the theme being uh, martial arts movies and obviously my involvement in this movie in particular. Um, Tribal, get out alive. Um, the somebody involved in the production actually posted online uh, earlier today that they are going to be they're on the lookout for uh, extras for background artists um, for a shoot that's coming up this weekend. I'm just actually going to see if I can find the. Um, post on Facebook I had it actually I had the window open and I've accidentally closed it so I'm just going to see if I can find it again now because they posted it earlier on today and uh, bear with me a second while I scroll down um, am I going to be able to find it you look I, I it's always the way isn't it I'm going to I'm going to do another search now because I know somebody posted it as well um, see if I can find it you just you just sing amongst yourselves it's not on that one. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do one more search and then we're going to move on. So I know that they definitely posted it earlier. Let's try this one. 
Um, yes, here we go. So the post is actually from Zara herself. It says, don't forget a chance to get involved with the movie Tribal Get Out Alive. Wildstyle Style Casting and Management Team are casting this Saturday. Uh, for details, please see their link. Um, I'll just quickly go onto the link, see more. And it says here, Wildstyle are now casting male females, preferably in Liverpool, Manchester and surrounding areas for an intense horror scene full day shoot. Uh, on Saturday the 8th of June and the location is in Liverpool there's, so there's going to be special effects makeup roles there'll be an IMDB credit for being involved if you're interested and available uh, please get in touch at admin at wildstyle-casting.com so that's like a little line not an underscore a line so admin at wildstyle-casting.com alternatively if you drop me a message i'll pass the details on to you so that you can get in touch um happy to get involved and help on that one for you just to finish up i would like to say a big thanks to everybody that took time to send in recordings i really do appreciate your time i can't stress how much i do appreciate it because without your uh involvement without you sending stuff in i would just be sat talking to myself which would be really strange although i do do that on some episodes but i don't want to do it too much it's always better you know joking aside it's always better when we get submissions because you know it, it just makes it a lot more interesting for me and for the listeners so a massive massive thank you if you are sitting on the fence and you were thinking about doing it next time we do one of these get involved you know you can just it's so many simple ways you can send me a recording over uh whatsapp you can send me a recording over messenger on facebook email me a recording use the speak pipe function on our website you know so so get involved however you want to as always please 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 do remember to like rate and review on itunes on spotify on stitcher and all the other cool stuff that we've got going on and then of course share the links on social media when you see them it really really does help us get the message out there and get more listeners involved with the show have a great rest of your day week weekend whatever it is you're doing and i will catch up with you all very soon Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com.